Welcome to the Take 5 podcast from Fortinet. You give us a few minutes and we'll provide five cybersecurity tips and best practices for today's technology leaders. This podcast series taps into the experience from the Fortinet Field CISO team, focusing on the need for dynamic cloud security in key industries. I'm your host, Jim Richberg, Field CISO for the public sector. And today we're talking with Jonathan Wynn, CISO for Fortinet's cloud practice. He's talking about dynamic cloud security in public, private, and hybrid clouds. Welcome, Jonathan. Hey, thanks, Jim. Great to be here. So let's jump right in. Jonathan, how has the pandemic changed cloud adoption and security for service providers? Yeah. So, you know, the the pandemic in many ways basically accelerated a lot of the macro trends that that we at Fortinet have been speaking about, you know, since 2015. Uh, It's really accelerated the network performance. It's accelerated the expansion of what we used to call the enterprise edge. And it's just tremendously accelerated the complexity of the operating environment. But, you know, specifically during that pandemic, you know, we saw some interesting trends. One, we saw tectonic shifts in IT that usually are happening, you know, one or the other, but never simultaneously. You normally saw the, the yin and yang of distributed and centralized computing. Uh, but during this pandemic, we saw both happening simultaneously. We saw a, a rapid adoption of remote working as 90 plus percent of our staffs moved off that traditional enterprise perimeter. And at the same time, uh, we saw a rapid adoption of cloud services as well. And I think what organizations, public sector, private sector, small, medium, large, global enterprises consistently saw was that the cloud first or the digital native uh, peers were able to materially perform better than those traditional brick and mortar companies. In fact, what I what I've saw over the last nine months has been a really accelerated adoption of the cloud to, to do a couple of things. But primarily, it's been driven by this notion of what, what has been called contactless commerce and contactless healthcare and contactless financial services and, and public services. This notion that as the pandemic took hold, we were trying to increasingly replicate the previously you know, in-person engagements to virtualized ones. And that meant, you know, greater cloud adoption and accelerated cloud adoption. As one CISO told me that, that Jonathan, it's all about finding ways to accelerate the ability of our customers and our stakeholders to access and interact with our brand uh, in a secure, seamless, and easy way. In fact, I saw this across public sectors as well, where government CIOs were telling me they needed to find ways of accelerating the time to market so that connected citizens were better able to interact with their government. And and so I think along the way, what we saw is that digital transformation trends were really accelerated. And the rapid adoption of cloud has forced service providers to, to at, at speed and scale issues. I mean, how do you really go about supporting that many migrations to cloud services? In fact, it's exacerbated some of the types of shortages that we saw before the pandemic. So before the pandemic, there was a certainly 
a shortage of cloud and security architects. And during the pandemic, we saw that stretched even further as cloud providers were, were being tasked with supporting more and more rapid adoptions. But at the same time, you know, what we saw across the industry was that cloud and security are widely regarded as too complex to be done by entirely in-house solutions. You know, indeed, you know, cybersecurity is truly a team sport today. And across the industry, we're seeing that just about everyone is outsourcing some portion of their security and their compute uh, requirements. In fact, in the small medium business uh, segment, it's entirely moving towards cloud and software as a service and the outsourcing of things like security. In the mid-market, pretty much the same. Uh, they're really not in the business of supporting their own private clouds and data centers or SOCs. And so they're increasingly adopting uh services delivered from the cloud and moving workloads into the cloud. Now, in the enterprise space, that's where we begin seeing hybrids. You're going to see a hybrid environment there no matter what, because they're certainly adopting more cloud services. But at the same time, a lot of those data databases and servers and data lakes aren't going to move. Those private data centers supporting private clouds in those large enterprise businesses and government agencies are, are going to be here to stay. And so what we're seeing is a very hybrid environment, but the macro trends in terms of the usual reasons why folks move and adopt cloud-based services in terms of accelerated agility, innovation, time to market and cost reductions, as well as the reduction in the complexity of the operating environment are, are still there. So I think for the service provider space, it's far more complex than ever. In fact, when you look across uh, the cloud and the managed security services providers, it's a kind of a disaggregated market. In the cloud space, you have very large public cloud providers, no doubt. Uh, but their solutions now stretch uh, across the entire IT stack. In the MSS space, the managed security services space, it's very disaggregated. You've got, over the last five years, a rise of managed detection and response companies, SOC is a service company, SIM is a service company. Wow, Jonathan, you describe a really complicated situation. You've got pressures for migration. You've got tectonic plates. I love that analogy. Uh, you've got evolution. You've got the imperative to accelerate. So what are some best practices for organizations as they accelerate their cloud adoption? Yeah, you know, the, adopting uh, cloud is, is a pretty big undertaking. And one of the first things that we have to think about when we're moving to the cloud and is, is what exactly we're trying to achieve and really understand, are we trying to achieve agility, cost savings, complexity reduction, and whether which of those workloads and applications are ready to be migrated or whether we can achieve the same results via software as a service option. In fact, a lot of the, the, the small, medium uh, businesses are, are think, rethinking their entire approach around compute. Uh, in fact, they're trying to achieve the same levels of productivity and innovation by uh, consuming services from the cloud. So you're, they're getting their productivity suites, or they're getting their, their ticketing done, they're getting their CRM, their ERP uh, as software delivered from the cloud. And so for any organization, understanding what it is they're trying to achieve and then looking at that cloud services provider and whether they have a demonstrated history of supporting the same types of computing, networking, and security controls, because it really is a shared responsibility model. And so I would stress that amongst the core key, key best practices are one, doing a review of your workloads and applications to ensure what should be migrated uh, to cloud. 
Uh, second, trying to understand which security controls and practices and best practices and standards and compliance and all the governance features that you had uh, on-prem in your traditional environment and whether that cloud provider can support that level of capability uh, in their virtualized environments as well. Third best practice is really about that shared responsibility model. You know, when you look at traditional operation stacks and the RACI models about who is responsible for what, when does someone get notified, how do you handle that incident response, all of those things really need to be considered because you will always be the risk owner. You own that risk no matter what. The shared responsibility model, in fact, means that it's shared across the platform, the infrastructure, or sometimes even the software. And understanding that becomes paramount in terms of risk management. In fact, in my experience, it takes the better part of nine months for for a person to really become very, very well aware of what that shared responsibility model really is. And if you do that, then you can have a more smooth and accelerated migration to the cloud. So that's great. You've given us uh, key goals that organizations should keep in mind as they as they accelerate this. So what are the key macro trends in cloud that organizations need to consider in their plans? Yeah. So without a doubt, the, the cloud continues to deliver value in terms of cost savings, more so in agility than ever, and the ability to drive innovation. But I think that we're really coming to the point of economies of scale. We've got to understand that the cloud computing uh, and cloud services are not always 100% less expensive than in-house capabilities. So that's one of the larger macro trends I'm seeing. I'm seeing an increasingly you know, reinvestigation into on-prem traditional private cloud services. At a macro level, though, what you're seeing is earlier we referenced those those tectonic IT forces, right? And one of the things we're seeing over time is a nature of where the compute is actually going to take place. So today, Gartner estimates that some 85% of all the data-generated computing is done centered and focused around our traditional workloads and applications. The productivity suites, the ERM, the, the ERP, the CRM, the, the, those types of things that are in cloud today. But increasingly over the next three to five years, as edge-based computing takes hold really through digital transformation and the enablement of 5G, you're going to see more and more computing on the edge. In fact, the, the research suggests that some 85% of all the new data and computing will be done on the edge in those smart factory floors, in the automated vehicle fleets, across the smart infrastructure and smart cities and smart agriculture. It's those industrial applications, those augmented reality um, uh, applications in everything from public sector, financial services, through medicine and, and healthcare and, and education. Those things are going to reshape where the compute is. And so for, for CIOs and CISOs thinking about what's around the corner and what is this hybrid environment going to look like? Well, in the enterprise space, it's going to look pretty complex. I hate to say it, but you're going to see that traditional uh, data center environment, but you're going to see also cloud environments, but you're going to see more and more things on the edge. You're going to see users trying to access on-network and off-network resources located in multiple clouds. And by the way, moving forward, the big trends, the big macro trends, if you will, for, for IT, networking, and, and cloud is going to be zero trust from a security perspective. And increasingly, uh, SD-WAN and SASE from a software-defined networking and software-defined security perspective. 
Wow, you're describing a really complex environment, you know, especially the expansion of edge and data that's produced and consumed there. Uh, Jonathan, I've heard you say that any consideration of cloud must also include networking and security. Why do you believe that? Yeah, because, you know, in the last nine months, I've had conversations with about, what, 300 odd security teams, um, CIOs, CISOs, directors, all types of folks across multiple industries. And they're all telling me that in addition to the traditional business metrics, the business outcome and the mission outcome, that that end user experience is just as important. And that in many ways, that omni-channel customer engagement model is all dependent on that, that enhanced user experience. And when you take a look at the accelerated adoption of cloud services and contactless commerce, it's fairly clear to see today that any organization's digital infrastructure, that that success is rar- largely defined by whether they can deliver on the mission outcome, the business outcome, as well as the customer experience. And when you deconstruct that out, what you're really saying is that Network performance, application performance, and security performance all have to be optimized. And so the level of visibility and control and integration that's required to deliver that success means that you really can't think about the cloud and the adoption of cloud separate or isolated from your thoughts about how are we going to access that cloud. And then you really can't think about the access methodology, meaning the wide area network management, without really considering security. And so I I think the larger trends we're seeing, beginning five years ago with attempts of knock-sock integration, the idea that you really can't think about security and networking and isolation, are now replicated and accelerated as we move into this next phase. And I think the the service providers that are going to be successful will be the ones that can demonstrate an outcome-based approach, because it's all about those. Yes, the traditional KPIs of false positives, time to detection, time to remediation, time to mitigation are all important. But the really important goals are all about the business and the mission outcomes and the end user experience. And so therefore, that consideration of the cloud moving forward has to be done in concert with the network access methodology, meaning typically SD-WAN, and then the security component, which is SASE. But you're going to need to do that to ensure security and networking on that LAN edge, that WAN edge, and the cloud edge. So, so yeah, everything is coming together, and so should security. Well, that's good advice, Jonathan. Uh, you said you've talked to hundreds of teams at organizations that I'm sure were in various points in their implementation of cloud. What's the biggest security mistake that you've seen organizations make when adopting cloud solutions? Yeah, I think it's when we think about adopting clouds today, it's really about adopting multi-clouds and multiple clouds. We're talking about in the enterprise space services across the six largest public cloud providers, as well as uh, public cloud providers, and as well as your own private clouds. And especially in the mid-market space, uh, likewise, services, solutions across multiple public clouds and services delivered from the cloud. And I, and I think there's been this idea that just because it's in the cloud, it's inherently holistic and unified, and that just isn't the case. And so what they're really seeing today is that the types of visibility control that they wanted in a traditional premise-based or hardware-defined environment needs to be replicated in the cloud. And I think one of the biggest mistakes I've seen organizations do is that they go through and they deploy a very hybrid 
uh, ecosystem that is designed to deliver innovation and agility and cost savings and all that good stuff. But along the way, they, in, they accidentally created gaps. Gaps on the network edge, on the LAN edge, on the WAN edge, and the cloud edge. And, you know, Jim, in, in our past in security, we, we all know that those gaps, those esoteric things that appear in vulnerability and pen tests, are always where the vulnerabilities are exploited, where the bad actors are able to exploit weaknesses and then cause havoc. And what I'm seeing across the board now is that replication, because in many ways, Outside of Fortinet, the vast majority of solutions I've seen in the marketplace really aren't designed to be broad. They really aren't integrated. In fact, when we look at the the, the, the product landscape and you see the the diversity, the amount of diverse platforms and pro- point products that are cobbled together to create a, quote, integrated platform, and then you take that and you try to virtualize that and integrate that um, with cloud providers and cloud services it's a kind of an ad hoc fashion, but you compare that to that Fortinet security fabric, which is designed from the outset in its DNA to be open across a fa- fabric partner program that integrates with hundreds of different vendors. And it lifts that level of complexity. I think that's the biggest mistake that, that organizations make is that they don't consider how to have that unified environment. How do you really ensure that you have the same look and feel across your traditional premise environment into the cloud, and increasingly, as we adopt edge-based computing, how do you ensure the same level of visibility and control at speed and scale? So I think that's the biggest mistake that organizations are making. I think the answer to that is really consider a handful of strategic vendors that have that broad, integrated, and automated approach. Yeah, that's that's what I often call the other platform. It's not, am I doing it on-prem or in the cloud? It's, do you have a broad ecosystem approach? like the fabric, because that should be a criteria in procurement. Thank you, Jonathan. This has been insightful and illuminating. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Take 5. Visit our website, www.fortinet.com slash cloud, for more information on solutions for securing your cloud environment. The Take 5 podcast is brought to you by Fortinet, securing your digital innovation across the entire digital infrastructure, whether in networked, application, multi-cloud, or edge environments.